0: Welcome to Baseball Biz on Deck. I'm Mark Harvitt, your host. And today on Baseball Biz on Deck, we have Mr. Chris Smith. We've been very fortunate to have him here in the past and happy to have him here again. Chris, if you didn't know, of course, he's been with the MLB organization for some time. He he served as a pitcher with the Detroit Tigers, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and also in the Australian League, the Frontier League, the Pecos League. Man, my feet would be tired if I had your gig. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It's good to see you again, Mark. Glad to be back on with you. Oh, you you kind of settled down now and you're doing real estate. Well, what, what else is going with that? As long as uh, we get uh, you here. Yeah. Just, uh, I've actually just got a business partner with me. He's a good friend of mine here and we're actually working
1: on a plan to kind of attack these uh, baseball guys actually and try to get into these organizations, use some of my contacts to start helping some of these guys find investments and also kind of properties that uh, they may want to be around these spring training facilities. We're uh, Got a business plan going on, so that's kind of like the goal of 2023. Uh at the same time, you know, it's great to kind of talk baseball. It's an exciting time when baseball is back, baby.
0: All right, man. That's what I love to hear. Yeah, we'll put some links at the bottom of the description. Of anything that you like for folks to see you there as well. But man, it is baseball time. Mm-hmm. I know I couldn't help but think of you. I mean, as being a pitcher, knowing that pitchers and catchers report was coming. You know, here we are. It's what Wednesday, February 15th. And I think it started what yesterday and today. So all those guys are sitting either in Arizona, not sitting, standing and pitching in Arizona or in Florida today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh,
1: a lot of PFPs going on right now. You know, getting back on the field, getting uh, getting acclimated. But you know, as a lot of these guys are learning these off seasons. There's no, there's no off season. You know, these guys have been working hard to kind of put their working to play and now it's time to kind of show everybody what they got. You know, there's some established guys, but there's also those guys like, like me that always kind of came in, compete for a job. And I don't know, it's always exciting to see those guys that have a lot of friends around here in the Tampa area that are going away for spring training. So I was rooting for those guys too, that are competing for those spots. And then we got the world baseball classic coming up. Oh Wow. So yeah. So just a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. And honestly, world baseball classic opens up a lot of opportunities for a lot of guys early
0: yeah, because they can't all be there, the spring training. I mean, guys, really on your roster, uh, a lot of them are going to be playing for a team, whether it be uh, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, U.S., Japan. They're not going to be there at spring training, at least not for all of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, those big dogs are getting those opportunities to represent their country. I think it's amazing. You know, I think it's cool. It's, uh, the Dominican team is absolutely stacked. Uh, I, I, If I was a betting man, which I, I would – put a lot of money on those guys because i'm telling you those they got a really really stacked lineup but at the same time you know you
0: can't count out those americans that have been putting good mm. teams too no there's some good teams and you, you never know what's actually going to happen but, but you can't help but look at that team for the dominican republic and say winner yes yeah they're here I mean, they're, and i played down there so i know they're
1: they're super excited to uh represent their country and they they have no they have some of the most National pride out of any uh, kind of baseball player we've I've, I've ever played with. So,
0: well, I get that, and uh, it's you know we can look across that without saying a whole lot. I mean, uh, even recent history, those who've retired. If we look at Big Poppy he's from there. We look at Pedro Martinez, he's from there, and there's so many guys right now. Let's see, uh, who else on that team? Vlad Jr., uh, Wander Franco. Trinidad. Who else?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing uh, you know Manny Machado. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is going to be an absolute stud. You know, I, I think he's going to be a future MVP, to be honest. I mean, I think he's young, but he's, he's as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have <laughs> years to come. You know, Juan is playing out there. Uh, you know, just Sandy Alcantara for a starting pitcher, Vlad Jr. You know, I didn't have the privilege to play with him, I played against him when I was with the Nationals. But man, there's just stud starred lineup to, to say the least.
0: I cannot wait to see this. I mean, my eyes are going to be glued to the TV. I'm actually going to try to get down to Miami and and catch some of this because the they're broken up into four pools and we won't get into all that today. But Pool D is the one that's in Miami, and mm-hmm. that's a deep pool because mm-hmm. the DRs there and a lot of other folks. So I don't know. I'm hoping to get down there, man. It's, it's it should be exciting stuff. I agree. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's always and like I said, it also opens up a lot of windows opportunity for guys going into camp because those big dogs are way represent their countries and those guys are kind of fringe players and also. Getting those first looks by those major league guys is it's or major league coaches and staff is always a I I don't know. I I always root for those guys to get in, get their, get their kind of, I guess, name established with those guys.
0: Yeah. I think what during the spring training, you get like 60 men on your roster. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, with those others gone, I saw a headline. I wasn't able to dig into it, but the Yankees have. 29 non-roster folks they're inviting the spring training and that's exciting I mean those those are where you're going to see those future players those are where you're going to find those guys that a scout said you really need to take a closer look at him
1: I mean like Nestor Cortez you know I, I had the privilege of playing
0: with him with
1: the Yankees and he kind of re-established his career and was able to go into uh pitched down the DR and went back to the Yankees and got a lot of window of opportunity and look at him he's going to arbitration. And Jeez. he had a, just had a fantastic year to be their second or third start best starting pitcher. You know, and he's I don't know. I just, I root for guys like that because I, I know what kind of position it is just to get that opportunity and just go in to prove yourselves. And then, I mean, like I said, numbers speak for themselves and work ethic also. So hopefully those guys get in and be able to make a good impression.
0: Well, it is interesting to see that, Chris. But as a pitcher... Can you kind of give me an idea of what's happening these first few days before the rest of the team gets there at spring training, the pitcher and catcher's report? What What is different about that time?
1: Yeah, like I said, uh, there's there's a lot of new guys coming in. So a lot of the time you're trying to meet the new players, get comfortable with coaches again. Uh, they're obviously trying to see the work ethic you put in in the offseason, um, coming in healthy, obviously, and then they're kind of setting out a plan for you. A lot of the times you meet with the, the pitching coach and they'll kind of let you know what days you're throwing and then. You'll go through the daily routine of basically like, hey, here's your daily schedule. Uh, fortunately, uh, pitchers a lot of the times we get out, uh, we used to get out a lot early. So, as you can see, golf clubs in the background, uh, a lot of it's <laughs> like the golf and uh, during the spring training time because you get off a little bit early, but then when those games kick in, kind of it changes a little bit. But yeah, the, most of the time you're just trying to get there and ac- get there acclimated, you know. Some people. Like I, I never got to play out in Arizona for spring training. I heard it's a very different kind of spring training. But you know, some people are coming from cross country and everything like that. I played for the, like you said Blue Jays, Nationals, Tigers, and Yankees, and that's all Florida State League stuff. So, or oh, yeah. like kind of, I guess around the Florida area. So I didn't really have to travel that far. So a lot of these guys getting there, getting acclimated, even time changes, everything like that. So it's kind of what those first few days are. And like I said, there's a lot of meetings pitchers meetings, you know, kind of goals of what the the team's trying to accomplish. And then you're just really, really trying to figure out what your role is going to be in, in kind of those time and that kind of time frame too.
0: And I would think, you know, if there've been personnel changes, they brought some new catchers on, uh, building that rapport, I would think between catcher and pitcher is very important. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have those usually established guy that's Kind of been there, at least been in the game enough. So, but at the same time, like, yeah, you got to have that connection with them because it's everything. And I'll be honest, I feel so bad for catchers. They have probably the most brilliant schedule during spring training. They go from catching drills to meeting with pitchers to hitting to back to catching bullpens to you know it's and then it's just very daunting on them for throughout the spring training. So, you know, I've always kind of tipped my catchers along the way. You know, I make sure they get taken care of because they take care of you. And uh, yeah, building that rapport is. Definitely important, especially in those early stages of spring.
0: Well, and I think about the catchers, too. You look at how many of the managers of teams out there are catchers. It's because they have seen the most of the game. You know, Mm. they're there. They they know what's going on with the umpire. They're quite often they're there for the entire game, and they have to get a unique perspective from that and some insights. But Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad to see that. So after that, then you got everybody else coming in. We were just mentioning them a few moments ago that the Yankees are bringing 29 new invited 29 guys, not on the roster. Come on down. Let's see how you do with spring training. Mm -hmm. I've got to get over to Yankees uh, over here at Steinbrenner and see some of that, man. That's going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, it will be great. Like I said, a lot of wonderful opportunity for other guys that maybe not be seen Um, the world baseball classic. Like I said, it allows a lot of opportunity for the players kind of come in and just show them a little bit of what they got and, uh, you know, whenever I was with the Yankees, one thing they really emphasize is that we're not just pitching just for the Yankees, but for the other 29 teams. Yeah. So so you want to be able to get in and um, build your, yourself up a little bit of a resume, you know, and hope that those coaches kind of take to a liking. And if uh, if it doesn't work out with, say, the Yankees or whoever, you hope that they're kind of in your corner to be able to find another job elsewhere. But at the same time, seeing those guys get opportunities, is always, it's
0: pretty cool to see. Are you going to make it out to any of the spring training games?
1: Yeah, I am gonna try to. Like I said, I, I literally live right across the street from Steinbrenner Field and Raymond James Stadium, so it's it's not too far of a drive for me. It's just uh, getting back out there. Like I said, since I've been retired, i to be honest, I haven't went to too many baseball games that only usually kind of go in. Like my buddy Mike Ford played against the Rays last year when he was with the Angels, so I, I caught a game out there. But didn't really get into spring training. But, hey, I tell you what, around here in Tampa, the, those games are packed. to, oh, to yeah. say, They pack out.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to me because I want to be able to. I mean, I think thirty years ago it was so easy. You'd see all these retirees come in here, but you would not necessarily see the Stansfield, and mm-hmm. certainly with the proper teams, you're going to see it much doing much better. I can't imagine what the Yankees and Phillies are going to look like this spring training, <laughs> but it, well, I mean you would see the Phillies are over in Clearwater, so they're just yep. across the way um, mm-hmm. from you. They're probably not twenty minutes. I mean, you probably get on the bridge and you're there just practically. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: There's there's so many like little facilities around here, which makes travel nice too. You know, like. Uh whenever you're going around Florida, you know, whenever you go to Fort Myers or somewhere down there, it's a little bit longer bus ride or kind of car ride if you drive by yourself, but at the same time, like they pack out the Clearwater is always a, a fun place to play. And even whenever I played in the Florida state league, it was a high at that time. They, they did really well in the minor league side, but you know, Florida state league is sometimes like ghost towns around here. Oh, so, man. so seeing those uh, pack out for those major league guys, I mean, everybody wants to see those big name guys play. So
0: were there any, fields that you enjoyed playing on more than the others in uh, Florida? Uh,
1: uh, I mean, Clearwater as a pitcher, I mean, it, it's kind of – the wind blows pretty good. Uh, if it's blowing the opposite way, obviously that's a great uh, pitcher's park. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, here in Tampa, like that was kind of a graveyard, too, of, of places uh, to pitch. So that was always a good place to play as a pitcher. Daytona, whenever whenever I was playing, they were the Cubs, uh, and they packed out out of like the Florida State League. It's one of those places that packed out. So that was always fun to go to. And hotels on the beach, so you can't really <laughs> complain about that. Um, but, yeah, I, I saw a Judge hit uh, – whenever I was in high with him, I saw him hit a ball over the Steinbrenner st- signed oh during a game not during BP during a game it' was one of the first ball it's probably the first ball I've ever seen and he just absolutely bombed it so it's uh like I said there's there's a lot of cool parks here and Lakeland's kind of re rejuvenated their facility too for the Tigers which is great I got to see that my my last kind of two years I was with them and they're, they're doing a good job of revamping up their system and then uh the blue Jays re- just redid their facility too so a lot of uh a lot of cool places to see if you're able to be here around the area. There's a lot of new kind of renovated places.
0: I'd encourage all of our listeners to check these out if you're anywhere near this area. This it is so cool. It's so mm-hmm. neat to be able to go to these. You know, mm-hmm. you were talk- we're talking about the landscape of these parks. It's not just the, the here in Florida, but the the major league parks themselves. There's going to be some changes. I mean, that's because of the new rules. And I'm not talking about dramatic. In some cases, but there's a couple of things. One, we can talk about the pitch clock. Two, we can talk about the actual physical bases, some things that are happening there, and maybe to a lesser degree, talking about the dirt on the field where it begins mm-hmm. and ends. But mm-hmm. just, just begin with the pitch clock, I see now that starting this year, there's going to be 15 seconds from pitch to pitch. My understanding is that the batter can stay out of the box until the last eight seconds of that 15 second clock. <laughs> and yeah. so you, that's, you got eight seconds, dude, you know, communicate with your catcher or whatever to make it happen. So he, the batter has to be alert before they can actually have the pitch. Meaning they, I guess, look toward the pitcher. The batter can, can call one time, you know, so they can say, Oh, sorry. Uh, that's one thing I'm really happy about. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen a player and some of them are my favorite ones who've put up the hand to the umpire two or three times with one at bat. I said, come on, dude, there's a game to be played. You know, you're yeah. just messing with the pitcher. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I literally just watched the thing about Joey Votto trying to mess up Roy holidays, uh perfect gamer, no hitter. And he's, he stepped out of the box twice uh-huh. on him to try to get him out of his rhythm. and And it's a mind game thing, you know, and, Whenever I pitched, I was like a really quick pitcher. I like to get the ball and just pitch. So the pitch clock was kind of implemented my last two or three years I pitched. And it didn't ever affect me because I'm going to get the ball, get in the box, and I want to throw the next pitch. Uh, but some of these other guys have different routines. You know, they they have these routines. Like Romano, for instance, like he likes to take a little bit of time, you know, before he kind of lets the ball go. He has his kind of preset routine. And there's, there's other pitchers along the way, starting pitchers, that are going to be maybe impacted a little bit. But – a lot of times you don't want to take a sign either until that batter gets in the box. So like you said, you got eight seconds and if you're trying to, and you're shaking off your catcher and you're like, nope, it's not what I want to do. Then, then I don't know if there's a new rule where the pitcher can step off, you know? And then it's like, and then you're in a cat and mouse game where it's like, it's, it is mind game. And I don't know. There's just a lot of rules that I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of <laughs> uh, like I'm a, I'm an old school guy, I guess you could say, like you said, you mentioned the new base bases and, Ricky Henderson would have loved that back in the day. I mean, there's just like, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on with the game that I kind of wish would stay in place. And that's just yeah. my own opinion. Um, but at the same time, I get it. They're trying to get fans involved and everything like that a little bit more.
0: Well, I get that too. But you know, the, the thing of it is, I, I do like where the the batter can't just completely be stepping out of the box so much each time. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I thought, okay, but what are you going to do as far as the guy who wants to still go from first to second? The pitcher only has twice during an at bat that they can step off the rubber and att- attempt to do something with it. So they've got if you've got somebody at bat and you got a guy on first and he's look like he's going to steal, you only get two opportunities to get him. If you throw a third time, you got to get him or the guy at bat gets an additional ball that counts.
1: I'm, I'm gonna be honest; I don't like that one bit. I, either, I think it's I think it's absolutely stupid. I mean, at the end of the day, like. A stolen base is such a big play, you know, someone being on first compared to second is just and if a pitcher is using that to I mean, we got guys that are fast as lightning now, you know, like I I had the privilege of playing with the guy that had the most stolen bases last year in the league, John Birdie. Mm -hmm. And that guy was that guy's a lightning. If he knows that you can't pick over that third time, like he's just going to take that extra step. And then it's, again, it's, and then we're talking about speeding up the game and stuff like that. And next thing you know, you want to give a ball to the batter. That's going to cause another, like, 10, 15 seconds ball. And then you got to reset on the mound. I don't know. I just I, I, just don't like the way that's going, to be honest. And um, I, I love the game, but just there's just some things that I just wish that Manfred would just kind of leave alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I tell you, in, in most cases with this, too. I like I mean, I like being able to see the pitcher and the, the player on first or whatever, a little tag back and forth. Now, when he goes past five or six, okay. Yeah, I'm ridiculous. like, help yes. me out, guys. You know, but yeah. but to, to say two times per plate appearance, eh, you know, I, I got a little bit of uh, hesitancy with that. But yeah. the other part about that too is that guy over on first now, he he's got a shorter distance to go. He's got a bigger base to go to. You know, the one thing they say, well, this will be good because I guess there'll be less collisions. You know, there there'll be that, but they also know the speed. If you've got somebody like a Randy O'Rosarina or, or like you're talking about a Birdie, <laughs> it eliminates a lot for them. Those mm-hmm. the stolen base that they may even halfway thought second guess, they ain't gonna second guess anymore. No,
1: no, it's it's I mean, the game's already a game of inches. You know, we talk about that all the time, these bang bang plays. And you know, I mean, like I said, I I feel like we're moving more towards a little bit of more of an offensive driven kind of baseball. And I get it Base pitchers are getting absolutely disgusting. You know, everybody got at least two or three guys in the bullpen throwing a hundred now. So, I mean, I get that aspect of things, but stealing makes it more fun, I guess. And people want to see more stolen bases. But like I said, I mean, history kind of rewriting itself almost, you know, like I said, if Ricky Henderson had these bigger bases, then who knows what he would have done. You know what I mean? Like I said, it just kind of, kind of takes away from those guys a little bit too from back in the day that didn't have those opportunities. But I don't know. Like I said, he's, I guess he's trying to make different ways to get people involved, get the runners running a little bit more. But me being as a pitcher, I didn't like that guy being on second base. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of the same way with this rule change of uh, now that ghost runner on second base is always there, I don't like that either. Yeah. I think it's – I get it that if they're trying to shorten the games and save the bullpen arms and stuff like that. But I'm going to be honest, the reason why I got an opportunity is because of – an extra inning game, you know, like the reason why I got called up is because of an extra inning game and, and sitting in AAA, you know, you kind of look for those like long innings, like, like extra inning games. If you're that fringe player, like, okay, I'm getting called up here to get an opportunity. I understand there's a guy coming down, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of changes. And I, I saw somebody actually put a uh, kind of a good kind of scenario that they felt about that kind of runner on second base and, maybe in the ninth in the 10th inning it's nobody on base and then the 11th inning maybe we put a guy on first and then maybe the 12th inning we put somebody on second and then the 13th inning beyond maybe you put somebody at third if it, if it comes down to that and i kind of like that progression more than oh here's somebody at second base yeah you know it's like get i mean give your guy i mean give your guys an opportunity it just i played in triple a whenever that rule got implemented the first time and and i was a closer kind of into end of the bullpen guy sometimes and it just adds a different dynamic. It definitely does.
0: Well, oh, it, it does add a different dynamic, and I like the idea of yours of progression. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be sitting there for seventeen innings. I've I've done that, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. I, I prefer not. And in those cases, yes, because it feels like such a cheat in the tenth inning to put a mm-hmm. gown second. What's, what's they going at the? Uh, yeah, the
1: yeah. There's just all those rule changes. Like I said, I I mean I'm. I'm for like helping it out a little bit, you know, like implementing some, I guess, like speeding up the game a little bit. But I'm gonna be honest: if you didn't like the game at two hours and thirty minutes, you're not gonna like the game at two hours and fifteen minutes. Amen. You know, it's tough. Like I said, and, and this is just my personal opinion. Like I'm, like I said, I'm old school, but at the same time, like I'm glad to see baseball's back. You know, it's glad to see the balls uh, getting thrown around the yard again, and these pitchers and catchers report, hey, it's it's back.
0: I'm excited, brother. Like I said, this is starting and been waiting for this day. And February 24th, waiting for that day, because that's actually when the first spring training games start. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you and I and everybody else will be able to either watch it on the tube or be out there in the park to see those first games. Mm -hmm. Excitement will out. You know, while the pitcher has to be considering things differently, I'm thinking about that umpire now. You know, I thought this is one more thing that you have to think about the whole time now. One thing I saw on the MLB network was that they're going to give them a buzzer that they can attach to their arm. Jose Altuve stuff, but, you know, they can, yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, But They're going to put a buzzer on them so that when it hits the time, you know, so they can still focus on the game and not be looking at clocks the whole time. They'll have a little buzzer to to let them know when time has elapsed that 15 seconds. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're trying to take the human error out of baseball, you know. And these umpires are even—I think—I think they're trying to implement those uh, like automatic umpires, yeah. or—and uh, I mean, I've—they've already tried that in the in what do you call it, the fall league. And I saw some of those calls, like those balls in the dirt, those curveballs. And I mean, you think about those big curveball benders like Justin Verlander and stuff like that, and getting those calls in the bottom of the zone that end up in the dirt—that's just like they're hittable. But I—I I don't know. Like, there's there's rule changes that I wish would like not be implemented, but like I said, I guess it's just kind of the way
0: things are going. Well, we'll have to take a look, another look at how these rules are playing out as the season progresses. But I want to thank you again for visiting us here today on Baseball Biz on Deck, Chris. It's been a lot of fun, and it's always a great time when you're here. So thanks again for sharing you know, those insights of yours.
1: Yeah, thank you. Hey, I appreciate it. Like I said, anytime we talk shop about baseball, I don't get too many opportunities with that. So uh, – Always enjoy my time speaking with you and talking with you, Mark.
0: All right. Well, thank you, brother.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: I want to thank all of you again for joining us here today on Baseball Biz on Deck. It's always fun to have you here. And just remember you can find us here. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Follow us, subscribe if You can find me, Mark, at the baseball biz. And that's on Twitter. You can leave me some messages. Always love to hear from what you guys are having to say. So thanks again, and we look forward to talking again with you real soon. Special thanks to x UX for the music rocking forward.